Hello, welcome to our new season of the Reach Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they faced throughout their careers, how they became them and what tips they for girls of my age. Today my guest is Erin Baker, who has had many roles, uh, let's name a few. So she is the editorial director at Autotrader. She is also a judge at the World Car of the Year and contributes to Vogue, Vanity Fair, Mary Claire, and is also a consultant to the Goodwood Estate. So thanks for joining me today, Erin. Can, can we start by you telling us all how your career took you to the role, or we should probably say roles, that you now have today? Hello, yes, no problem. So uh, the short uh, potted history is that um, I always wanted to be a journalist. I was never sure about cars. I didn't really, that wasn't on the horizon. I just wanted to be a journalist for a national newspaper. So uh, I did a lot of journalism at school. I then, um, after university, got graduate traineeship at the Telegraph um, and was a news reporter, was a sub, all sorts of things. I was deputy letters editor and happened to be sitting next to the motoring desk one day and I thought, oh, what they're doing sounds like quite a lot of fun. So I joined the motoring desk, lots of amazing travel and experiences, became motoring editor of the Telegraph and then uh, various jobs followed and now here I am. Brilliant. So when you're when you're at school, or at least when you were younger, you mentioned that you know you always wanted to be a journalist. Was there perhaps any other subjects that you enjoyed, um, or anything else that you know ever crossed your mind when you were younger? So from primary school onwards, really English was my thing. English, English, English. So I was pretty good at English. Um, I loved creative writing. I loved. Uh, analyzing books i loved the literature side of it as well um critical literature and critical thinking that was all right up my street so um really to the detriment of almost everything else i mean math and science i was hopeless um it was all really the humanities uh history i loved history and german and french i did uh at a level i did english history and german loved all three uh, and then went on to English at university. So really, my nose, my nose was always in books and it was always either reading or writing for me and continues to be. Brilliant. So I know that you went to Cambridge University. However, how important do you, do you think it actually is to go to university, especially with, you know, apprenticeships, graduate schemes that lots of companies now offer in this kind of modern day? Yes, that is a really great question, because if you had asked me that question 10 years ago, uh, 15 years ago, I would have said, oh, my goodness, the university is very important. You know, it's the only way to get a great career, get on the career ladder. And I was, you know, I was firmly entrenched in that traditional uh, educational setup, you know, GCSEs, A-levels, straight A student, straight to Cambridge, flew at Cambridge, graduated with a 2-1 and, and, and so on. Um, and I think to their shame and detriment, the, the Telegraph at that point, the graduate trainee scheme was only really looking at Oxbridge graduates. So it was all very straight and very linear. I now... You know, I've worked for multiple brands. I work for multiple brands at the moment. I uh, work for Auto Trader, which is an altogether different beast. It's an incredible FTSE 100 company. They're based in Manchester. They're all about diversity and equality and inclusion. People from all different backgrounds work in this extraordinarily successful and profitable business. And 
I think there are personal qualities and personal attributes now that supersede any sort of degree you can do to get ahead in life and, and to get into jobs and to get a good career going. I also think apprenticeships, uh, apprenticeships are a fantastic way, and especially in automotive, um, you know, going out there and getting the experience, real world experience learning how to get on with people, how to read the room, how to innovate, how to think outside the box. All those personal attributes are at least, if not more important, probably more important than a degree. Plus, you're not going to be in huge amounts of student debt. So it's a win-win. Definitely. Now, I must say the world is changing quite a lot at the moment and also very quickly, too. Um, So perhaps what do you think work for women may look like in 10 years' time Or what do you perhaps hope it may look like with that in mind? Well, I think if you look at, I'm 45, I was born in 1978. My mother was an 80s mother, 1980s mother. So she was all about uh, having it all, but having it all for women in the 80s and maybe the 90s was about having kids, but working full time and getting childcare in and, and just concentrating on your career. Um, when I graduated from Cambridge in, uh, thousand I think uh no it doesn't sound right yes maybe 2000 um it you know I graduated amongst the class of high flyers by definition and actually all the women I graduated with none of them really once they'd had kids were interested in working full-time success for them looked like part-time work that enabled their quality of life to be much better so see the kids relax with the kids and have a successful career. I think going forwards for my children's generation and for your generation, it's going to look different again. I think it'll be about pockets of volunteering, pockets of working in different industries, doing different things. And it won't be this lin- this ladder. It will be pools of employment, pools of socialising and working out how to get that near perfect quality of life as possible. Yeah, definitely. Now, one of the main things that well, I've definitely heard about at the moment is, you know, worth work and life balance. Mm. So especially yourself, who have many roles in many different companies, what would you say are your, say, like, top three tips when thinking about work-life balance? Well, I think it depends what decade of your life you're in. I think in your 20s okay. and, and probably early 30s, you don't really get that much choice, if you're honest. You know, it's about building your career uh, and building your finances and work, saving towards a deposit for a house, possibly. So it's it, it or flat, at least. Um, so it's all about. I think still in your 20s and early 30s, putting in as much work as possible, working as hard as you can, as fast as you can, climbing up that ladder, getting as much success under your belt as possible so that when you have children, you then have some choices. Um, and I think that is the crucial bit there. In your 40s, I think it's far more about um, having the confidence to say no to some stuff if you believe that you've got to the point in your career where saying no isn't going to damage it. I'm fortunate enough now that I worked my fingers to the bone at school and university and in my 20s and 30s and, dare I say, early 40s. I got divorced um, 
coming up for 10 years ago and I had no choice but to work my fingers to the bone because I had to provide for my children and put a roof over our heads on my own but I finally got to the point now where I say no to some jobs because I want to spend time with my children and that's a huge luxury but actually it's a huge luxury that comes from having worked really hard I think it goes back to that phrase you know the harder I work the luckier I get um it's all about in the end no one can can avoid hard work definitely so throughout your career have you perhaps had any mentors or have there been anyone that you particularly admire I know that mentorship can be very important to some people and it can definitely offer you know a wide view of their knowledge and experience so have you had any people like that yes um and in in pockets where you don't expect to find them and some of them only retrospectively you think wow she was a great mentor and you know I'm so glad I had her in my life at the time and I always cite when I was at the Telegraph there was this fantastic woman called Sandra Barrick who then was she'd been agriculture correspondent I think for the Telegraph she ended up as letters editor and I was her deputy and she was she was Oxbridge, but her background was state school. She was from Cumbria. She was no nonsense, feisty woman, wasn't a, a bit of a rebel, wasn't afraid to stand up to authority or question authority when necessary and took great care of those in her charge, you know, those below her uh, who were in her team. And, and I was one of those. And I she took the she bore the brunt of executive stress and the push down from above and she didn't pass it on to the junior members of her team she considered it her responsibility to shepherd us through and nurture us and protect us and that's incredible I see far too many bosses these days being taking pressure from above and orders from above and simply delegating that pressure and those orders to those below them who aren't earning as much as them and and so they should be sucking it up a lot more Um, and she so she remains for having been truly altruistic ball-breaking, feisty woman, uh, where just when I needed one, she stands out. Brilliant. Now, as part of our Reach Next Generation Summits, we look at diversity and opportunity for young girls from both the black and the minority communities. So as a society, do you think we're seeing more equality, and, you know, especially in your field of work? Well, I can only really answer for my field of work, uh, well, for automotive, for the automotive industry in general and for, for motoring journalism in my case. Um, definitely we're seeing more equality across the board, um, you know, uh, more women, more people of uh, different ethnic backgrounds, uh, religious backgrounds, sexual orientation, the whole lot. Every, every um, minority is more represented than it was 10, 20 years ago. But we are still a long way off equality in any of those sectors mm-hmm. and any of those co- cohorts or demographics. Um, I'll give you one, the, the, the gender gap in automotive. The automotive workforce in the UK comprises 20% women, which falls below 10% at executive level. In my particular field, motoring journalism, there are about 250 motoring journalists in the UK and about eight to ten of us are, are women depending on who you count and who you don't a lot more influencers are, are women out there but but of, of true motoring journalists under 10 of us are women so considering there are 19 million female licensed soldiers in the uk that's a pretty shocking statistic yeah definitely i agree there's you know lots of work that we have done in the past couple of years but there's obviously always more work to do and i hope that you know as you said in the next 10 in the next 20 years that will definitely well, we'll see a big change. Mm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, the theme of our summit, when we get all these girls in, we just really want to tell them that they can do it and mm. re- reinforce that message in them. Because, you know, they can, whatever they put them into, of course, they can do it. So is there anything that you perhaps thought you couldn't do earlier in life that you actually have managed to do? Oh, my gosh. Most of it. Um, <laughs> I didn't have much confidence at all growing up. Um, I think Cambridge instilled a lot of confidence in me as, as it does in, in most people, some, some of that to, to people's detriment. If I had to pick out one thing that even five years ago, I broke out into a cold sweat at the mere thought of, and now I do without thinking about it, it's uh, speaking on TV and radio. So I didn't really do any of that five years ago, and, and the few opportunities that came my way, I just made an excuse up for why I couldn't go on TV to talk about something <laughs> in the news to do with cars. Or I couldn't go on radio. You know, I was, oh, I'm very sorry, I'm very busy, but please consider me again the next time, thinking next time I'll have to come up with another excuse. Um, but I've since joining Auto Trader, I've I've had to do it a lot because I'm really the the consumer expert spokesperson for Auto Trader. So for example, today is a really good day in question. I've I've done seven national radio interviews today and two TV because the ULES scheme has been extended in London and the scrappage scheme implemented. So it's been a busy broadcast day for me. And tomorrow I'm on Radio 4 all lunchtime hosting you and yours. Now, if you told me I was going to be doing any of that five years ago, I'd simply say, I'm sorry, I can't do it. (laughs) But I've learned, you know, that all you need to do is be brave enough to say yes to the first opportunity and you'll, you, you, then you'll just need to be a little bit less brave to say yes to the second opportunity. And by the time you've done five of them, you'll be absolutely fine. And, and that's when I think, my goodness, if I can do TV and radio now, anyone can do it. Yeah. Now, if you could spend an hour, say, just chatting to three people over a coffee, maybe a tea, you can even add like a pastry in there if you want. It is your mm-hmm. dream cafe. Have whatever you want. Um, who would they be and why? And I will just let you know if they have passed away. That counts too. So just let your imagination go wilder. Really? I can have anyone to have coffee and tea with? Anyone. Wow. Well, I think I'd have to have, uh, I'd have to have F. Scott Fitzgerald, who is, um, people are going, who? He's the author of my very favourite book in the whole world, which is The Great Gatsby, which was an A-level text when I was doing A-level, uh, been made into a film. Uh, I'd have to have him because he, I just have to ask him endlessly how he wrote that book, what he did. It was just extraordinary. I think I'd have to have Churchill because I would just want to understand so much about uh him being prime minister at the time, pivotal time that he was prime minister, but also all his other achievements. You know, he was an accomplished painter. He was an accomplished orator, author, politician, the whole the whole lot there. Um, and for my third guest, did you say three? Yeah. I think for my third guest, I probably have I probably have an amazing woman called Alison Jones, who currently is global vice president of Stellantis, which is the biggest car conglomerate. It owns all all the French brands, Peugeot, Citroën, uh, owns Fiat, owns DS, owns Vauxhall. And she's the global vice president for the circular economy. So what she doesn't know about sustainability in car manufacturing, no one does. And she's a woman and she's made it to one of the few most top most positions in the car industry in the world. So I'd want her to. Definitely. Now, finally, what would you say are some of your non-negotiables? What would you say you won't compromise on in both your professional and your personal life as well? 
Well, I suppose actually where I won't compromise is where those two lives join, what we call the, mm. the Venn diagram of my personal and my private. And what I, I now won't compromise on, and I did in my uh, early earlier on, and I regret it immensely, is when work impacts too much on me seeing my children. And so uh, I have a custody arrangement and I have custody of my children uh, four nights a week and they have to go to their dads, the other three. And if now a work thing comes up on the four nights a week that I have them, no matter how glitzy and glamorous it is, no matter if it's abroad, a five-star hotel in California with Rolls Royce, if it's one of the nights I see my boys, then it's just a no for me. That's my apps. That's my pretty much my only non-negotiable. Okay. Well, I've really enjoyed chatting with you today, Erin. Thank you so, so much. And I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their own futures and in their own careers too. So keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. And more details about us and our upcoming summits will be at reachnextgeneration.com. Thank you to our fantastic sponsors, Barclays, Centrica and Kingsley Napoli.